With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Welcome to another episode of the Nina Carlza Show. My God, I am exhausted. Ugh, so fed up. You know, I think there's so many emotions running through all our heads right now. Um, this is your post-match show. We are going to talk about the shit-fest in officiating that was Liverpool, um, Spurs 2, Liverpool 2. I think so many of us are absolutely annoyed, seething at that one. Oh, why... Do we always have to talk about officials and referees? Why or why or why? Um, uh, such such attention seekers. But anyway, you know what? I'll shut up as well because I feel like I'm hogging a bit too much here as well. Like Tiffany, I am going to go to my excellent panel. Let's introduce them. We've got some callers as well who probably want to let off some, some steam as well. So without further ado, let's kick this off. Today on this podcast, who are, you know, two awesome guys who are going to help me through this, hopefully. Um, I am delighted to be joined by Dave Horrocks. Welcome back, Dave. Hey there, Nina. It's great to speak to you again. I'm ready to get into a bit of group therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Again? Yeah. Gosh, I know, I know. And, and joining Dave, it is the wonderful John Buskell. Welcome back, John. Oh, thank you, Nina. Nice to see you uh, online again, as it were. And hi, Dave. It's great to have you back on, John. You know what? Um, before we go to our callers, we've got a couple of callers lined up. Um, I just want your just real, real quick emotions. John, I'll, I'll come to you first. Um, I'm banging my head against the table silently, not to spoil the recording. That's how I'm feeling. Oh, I think a lot of people listening will probably feel the same way. This is a raw reaction, people. We've literally just finished the game. I'm sure I'll be calmer Monday morning. We shall see. And what about you, Dave? Yeah, I'm pretty annoyed. I think with a bit of time uh, um, after the match, I'll probably calm down a bit and think, well, with the midfield that we had to put out, um, it's probably not the worst results, but just seething about the, the lack of consistency from the referee. And like I say, again, we end up talking about that. I know, it's absolute utter bollocks. And yeah, you're right about in terms of the team that we fielded as well. And I'm sure we'll get into that. But we do have a couple of callers. So you know what? I don't want to keep them hanging. Um, I'm sure they just want to say their part. I hope they make me feel better. <laughs> no pressure, people. <laughs> um, first up, I have Nigel. Nigel, welcome to the show. 
Nigel, if you just want to hit the mic button. Just have to come off mute. Yeah, you just have to come off mute. Try now, Nigel. Talk now. Oh, that's better now. I can get through. Oh, I'm so sorry. It sounds like somebody probably gags. Um, I think we have like a server mute going on. Anyway, enough about that, Nigel. Great to have you back on. Um, fire away. Um, okay, firstly, I'm just going to say Merry Christmas to everybody, all the supporters out there. Hope you have a safe and happy Christmas. Um, on the game, yes. <laughs> I'm going to leave the refereeing until last because, yeah, we'll move on. I thought we were very, I thought our midfield uh, was quite poor. Um, I thought Morton did okay, but I think he got caught a few times, um, a little under, uh, indecisive. Um, James Milner, I think he gave up the ball far too much, which is, you know, that that's going to cause us issues. And Morton, unfortunately, because he's a, a young fella, he's getting caught, caught out because Milner gives the ball up and, of course, Morton's out of position. Um, I thought we controlled the game. Um, defensively, yes, we were poor. I thought we were poor for the first goal that Kane got um, because they just slipped it straight down the between the alley or between the... Um, the the alleyway there between the the fullback and the and the centre back, um, and that just got yeah, just it, it just looked it, that's not the same. That's not normally what happens when we when we play games. So we're normally covering that sort of thing. They were very good on the fast break. Sorry, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you fine. It's yeah, just yeah. Gags messing oh, up sorry. the chat. Gags, we can hear him. I think he's just come in. Okay. You keep talking. Um, sorry about that. Um, yeah. Um, so defensively, I thought we were a bit, a bit shaky. Um, Allison, I thought played well, and then for some unknown reason, and I have no idea why, he didn't kick that ball out of play. I, I, I. I thought he was running out to just boot the ball out of play or boot it upfield. And instead he comes out to try and smother it. And I, I still can't get my head around why he would even do that. He's probably not even got his head around why he even did that because he was going to be first to the ball and all he had to do was boot it. There was no way that the other guy was going to be able to get there to block it. Um, but anyway, um, the referees, <laughs> That has to be the worst performance of officials I have ever seen displayed in a Premier League game. That Harry Kane should have been sent off in the first half. There was no way that that, that should have been a, a yellow card. That should have been a straight red. He was studs up, over the ball, takes out Robbo's leg when Robbo got to the ball first. I still cannot figure out how they have turned around and thought that Robbo's was worse than Harry Kane's. I, I I just don't understand it. 
And how the hell did we not get a penalty uh, in the first half when Jota was was basically his legs were taken out and then he was pushed over? I still can't get there. It, it just even on review, you have to sit there and go, well, there was there was contact. There was no contact on the ball. It was all contact on the player. I, I just can't understand it. it it's got to be the worst officiating I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, uh, I think you've pretty much summarised the pod for us there, Nigel. Uh, thank you so much for that. Um, uh, I think there's plenty to talk about. And I think what I'll do, panel, is I'll bring on our second caller because I think people just want to get things off their chest. And then what we'll do is is we... we want to talk about so um uh we'll yeah i'm here the floor is yours my friend um i just want to say that i thought um in the end i would reluctantly take the point because you know in the first half at times we got absolutely outran at times and Kane and Stone were a complete nuisance on the counter-attack and, and I thought Armas Field with Hyde, Fabinho, Henderson and Thiago was just so so wide open and you know uh, I thought um, I thought we did well to get the equaliser um, and then I mean then the referee dear me he had an absolute aberration of a game and how the fuck was Harry Kane not sent off? Um, and Robbo was sent off for a much less worse challenge. And, you know, it was, I don't know, it's a, a strange game to analyse, really, with mixed emotions. Yeah. Is that everything, Kevin? Um, I think uh, the the second half. I don't think other than the Robo goal that I don't think we really created very much, and I thought they did more than us. And then I think that once um, Robo was sent off, it completely uh, killed the game for us. I don't think we were going to win it in the end, and I was just hoping that we were going to hold out for the point. And luckily, we did. And you know, and we just have to take it and we move on. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Kieran. Thank you so much. I'm glad um, both you and Nigel kind of got things off your chest. You've kind of set the tone for the podcast there for us. Um, so we will use your little talking points. And I think that's how pretty much how we feel as well on the panel. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us there. Thank you. Okay. Um, cheers. Thank you. Che- cheers, Kieran. Right, panel, back to you. Um, I think it's fair to say, John and Dave, I think both of the lads here have hit the nail on the head, right? I think that's how we're all feeling, but I'm going to just start right to the beginning. So um, a few players were out, and I think, Dave, you alluded to this as well. And, John, I'm going to come to you first. So, you know, the starting lineup, we've seen a lot of games being postponed um, yesterday. You know, um, obviously, COVID is is still very much real and very much a big threat. And it's, uh, you know, um, hitting teams pretty hard. And, you know, we had a couple of players out um, um, midweek and um, it's happened again today for us you know there was rumours and obviously some players are out so uh, John talk to me about that um, in terms of the starting lineup, and um, yeah well it is uh, it is. <laughs> thanks Nina and thanks guys for the questions um, I think when I saw the team sheet 
uh, I felt that Klopp had picked the side that you know that, that he could have done from what was available. Uh, when I'd been following Twitter, following social media, and the news during the day, and I was hoping that you know Salah would still be in the side because there were rumours going around, and you know I thought we had a, a side that would win it. I think it's good that Morton gets out there and 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 really plays you know these kids are gonna have tough tough you know baptisms of fire playing in the premier league and i thought the i thought he did really very well um he's gonna he's gonna blow hot and cold at this stage and this is going to come down as a really good experience here is a um let's say a liverpool side shorn of some real first team starters and you know, they got through this. They didn't lose. He was a big part of that. He was playing in a tough midfield with James Milner, whose legs aren't what they used to be, but he did. I thought he did pretty well. So I have to say that I felt Klopp picked the side that he could pick. I was disappointed that we we were missing particularly Henderson and Fabinho. They were the two that I really, really missed. But I think, you know, on the face of it, the lads did well. Yeah, Um uh- because I think, Dave, you alluded to this as well, didn't you? And, and, and I think, you know, Kieran kind of hit that as well when he said, you know, in all things considered, it was, a, it was a point considering, you know, some big players were missing there. But what did you make of the starting lineup uh, that, that Klopp fielded there? Because I think it was to be expected. You know, it wasn't the, the team that Jurgen Klopp plays against a Conte Spurs, certainly away from home. But, you know, horses for courses, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I, th- I think the midfield stands out, doesn't it? But... It's patchwork. Um, it's almost like last season with the centre-back situation. We've, we've been hitting the midfield this year. So, you know, you would think that he'd want Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson. I, I mean, with Van Dijk out as well, you've got world-class players that would have made a massive difference today. And I just thought we got a little bit overrun in midfield. A um, little bit surprised not to see Ox start ahead of Morton but I thought you know if you're Morton you probably feel 10 foot tall don't you what a show of confidence for the lad and so from what I've seen of him before you know he he does look good he looks accomplished but Christ what a baptism of fire to throw him in against a a Spurs side who you know they haven't played for a couple of weeks and Conte has been working with them for two weeks with no doubt this game in mind um, and, and just thinking how they can get at us and so I just think, yeah, we we got overrun in midfield, but they kept hitting the flanks quite well, I thought. You know, that, that long ball, that crossfield ball, uh, they'd obviously, you know, talked about that and worked on that. So, yeah, I, I think for the starting lineup, it's, you know, it is as, as good as we could make it, I guess. You know, maybe Oxen for Morton, but it was a little bit of a worry even before we started. It was absolutely. And I think, you know, there's plenty of talking points. And I think, you know, both Kieran and Nigel, you know, had so much to kind of share. And I think we all feel that way. And um, I'm going to come to you um, first on this one, uh, John. Um, For me, um, it was a really, really erratic game. Um, I felt like it was sort of end to end. It felt very like basketball-esque. I felt like we didn't really control the tempo. Um, you know, we're going to talk about the officiating and the referees, um, you know, just in, you know, later on as the pod goes on, I'm saving it for the grand finale where I completely self-combust on the pod. 
Um, but, you know, for me, um, I felt like, you know, there was a lot of, um, you know, hospital passes. Um, I felt like we were, you know, we were playing it short. Um, I also at some point felt like Spurs had so much energy. Again, um, a excellent point by Dave there in, in the sense that, you know, Spurs have had a, you know, a couple of weeks off and, you know, Conte's put all his preparation into this game. Um, but for me, it just felt like we weren't our usual sharp selves. Like, I felt like the passes were really short. I felt like we looked a little nervous. It could be because the midfield was set up just completely different in terms of what we're used to. But it just didn't feel like us. The tempo was there. Last season, the tempo was even there. The tempo was there, but I just felt like we looked a bit panicky. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I felt that the quality of passing was particularly poor. And that's not really surprising, given that Virgil van Dijk, Thiago, Henderson are three of the best passers in the side. You've got those fantastic attacking balls that, that Virgil will, you know, knock up field. And, you know, his, his accuracy is just phenomenal. Thiago spraying it around. He, he's very, very capable of slowing things down. And Henderson's link up play playing sort of off Salah uh, on the right this season has been, has been really excellent. So I think I can understand what you, what you mean by, by the sort of the just disjointed. It was the, it was the midfield that we, we were losing that coherence. Um, Milner's very good at breaking up things. I thought Morton, I thought Morton was doing good first half. I actually think that when we took him off, that our ability to slow the pace down, to control the pace of the ball actually got worse. Um, from, uh, you know, I think it was right that he came off. I thought the addition of, of Firmino was excellent, but I don't really think that Kaita had a, had a good game. Second half, he, his passing was really quite poor at times. Uh, he gave the gave the ball away quite uh, quite easily. Then he started to get sucked into the uh, that sort of lots of niggling going on. But uh, you know, this goes back to that whole thing that the referee seemed to, you know. But I don't, you know, I don't like talking about referees. I, I think you know we play the game that's in front of us. The the lads did well. I thought Joel Matip was probably our best passer and dribbler uh, on the night. You know, a couple of times he was up there. I thought he was his passing was fantastic, but the midfield. Didn't really cut it. No, it, it just did feel quite disjointed. And I felt like, um, Dave, um, coming to you um, in terms of um, just um, how we were playing and, you know, some of the short passes and stuff. And, you know, their first goal actually was a direct, um, I think it was a short pass from Trent Alexander-Arnold to um, Naby Keita. And that's where we kind of got dispossessed, um, you know, and I, th- I felt like, that was a sequence that I kind of noticed throughout the whole game where we were just underpassing it to each other. Yeah, and it's it wasn't just the midfield. Like you say, that was from Trent. But I've watched that goal a couple of times and I'm trying to figure out why Cater sort of is on his heels. He's waiting for the ball and the Spurs player is coming in behind. He could go to meet the ball. So I don't... I, I, I've got to put that down, to be honest. There's a bit of a mistake there. I, I, I do think he could have gone to meet the ball. Um, and I think uh, Nigel said that, you know, it was a bit sloppy, you know, the pass that was down the channels. I actually think by the time it gets to that pass, I, I just thought it was a perfectly weighted pass, to be honest. Um, if that was us, we'd we'd be purring over it, or I would. Um, I, I don't think... Uh, Canate could do anything about it I did when you know in real time I thought he should do better there but I just think it was a perfectly weighted pass and Kane's just kind of almost scuffed it into the corner um I, I, 
there's nothing after that ball is when one in midfield there's there's nothing i don't think anyone could do there no absolutely not absolutely not and let's carry on talking about this because i think there was plenty of talking points and uh you know they, they get their first goal um I felt like, you know, um, there wasn't an awful lot of cover for the, the defence. And despite, you know, it was crazy for me, John, right? We, um, they kept hitting us on the counter. I felt like that's where they were most threatening. Um, I felt like they found, kind of found, um, you know, a weakness in, in, in terms of our midfield offering cover. And they were hitting us on the counter. They were very quick. They were attacking in numbers. However, I don't really have a complaint against our centre backs, which is really, really strange. I no, still think they played well. Yeah, I think I think both both Big Joel and uh, Kanati were were very good. Joel going forward in particular, Kanati took he picked up a booking, didn't he? Uh, second half mm-hmm. of being quite physical, but I think you know for someone new to the Premier League who's you know he's he's actually been played well on both sides of the defence this season when he's come in. I, I think he's doing fantastically, and I think you know if I was if I was Gomez, I'd I'd probably be a bit concerned at how well this lad has you know come into the side, come into the league, and seems to be growing in stature. He he's very very big, very powerful, um, and I thought he you know I thought he did very very well. It wasn't it wasn't the centre backs. I actually felt that the sloppiness. Uh, if anywhere in the defence was coming from Allison, despite making some of the most fantastic saves I've, I've seen him make, it was a very, very strange performance from the, uh, you know, the defensive unit co- collectively. Some wayward passing, some, some wayward running from, from Rob, Robertson at times. I felt he was sort of chasing channels, going, going places that he didn't need to go. And he's, he's certainly since he's, he's, I don't want to say won his place back since he's come back into the side. He, he, he has been really, you know, up for it. It seems he's been sort of energized by having Samikas sort of, you know, competing for the shirt, so to speak. But no, big, big performance from Joel. Actually, you know, I, I felt for me, he was one of the star performers today. Absolutely. I, th- I thought he was very good as well. And, um, Dave, I'll let you speak about the centre backs and, um, you know, and m- maybe just elaborate on the, the whole Alisson performance because Alisson is usually a very, very cool figure. And even though he produced some really, really good saves, I mean, I felt like, you know, there was a miss, there was like a really strange mishap in communication. I remember, I think it was in the first half where he comes out for the ball. Trent thinks he's going to get it. He doesn't. He thinks Trent's going to clear it. And those two play week in, week out. And, you know, I, you know, when Alison's panicking and he's like the coolest, one of the coolest people on that pitch, you do kind of freak out a little. But despite all that, he still produced some very, very good saves, which was very, very strange. I know, like, for their, for their equaliser, you know, it was a bit of a, oh gosh, moment. But he had a very, very strange performance for Alison Becker. Yeah, I think. I'll come back to him in a sec, but I'll just say about the centre-backs. I, I agree. I thought they were both very good. Uh, I think Canate's slipped in there. Like, he's he's been playing there for the last 10 years. You know, it's hard to think that the guy's, like, 22, isn't he? He just looks so at home Pushing there. forward as well, which I found very interesting today. Yeah. Both of them were, like, making marauding runs through through the middle. Oh, I, do, I do love a Matip, you know, run when he, when he wanders up there. And I'll tell you <laughs> what, I thought... There was a moment when I thought he's going to 
blast this with his left foot and it's going to go yeah. top corner. But he just he tried to play Jota in. But um, another day, another day, hopefully. So, yeah, I, I thought they both played individually well. And I think the problems were partially down to the midfield. But I also have to give Spurs a bit of credit as well. They were trying, they were making sure they were hitting behind our fullbacks. Yes. I think that was a deliberate tactic from them. You know, they weren't bothered about playing through the midfield. As soon as they got that ball, as soon as they saw that opening, they were hitting those channels. So I, I think we have to credit them a little bit as well. In terms of Allison, he has been a little bit flaky, hasn't he, over the last uh, the last couple of weeks, I think. Just with some of these decision-making things, when it comes down to shot-stopping, you know, he's still on top form, I, I think. You know, he made a few good saves. Uh, the one in the first half, I don't know why, and I wish they'd stop fucking putting Gary Neville on our bloody games. But they're trying to, like, the the one with Deli Alley where it comes across and he you're just waiting for the net to bulge and Allison makes a save. And uh, Tyler's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's probably going wide anyway. And if, <laughs> when you saw it from the other angle, it was clearly going to go in and he's just fingertipped it around the post. So, yeah, shot stopping, absolutely no worries there. It's just some of the decision making um, just seems to be a little bit off. And obviously it's all a bit shit at the minute in the world, isn't it? You know, it's all a bit doom and gloom. And I just wonder if that's, you know it's affecting him mentally at all because it he's normally as you say nina he's so cool cool as a cucumber in he normally um but just the last few weeks it just seems to be a little bit off yeah um for me i've not really had any issues with alison per se over over the weeks it was just today but i felt like it's the tempo of the game and maybe a new pairing of center backs i've i felt like maybe those things were like maybe affecting us but yeah, I'm not really, like, for me, I felt like, you know, Alison Becker produced some absolutely wonderful saves and then obviously you had that moment, but I felt like I, I have no idea. And I think you're right, I think they were playing behind. I also felt like there was all flashes of Son and Kane sort of linking up as well. And I was like, why is this happening now, especially with Harry Kane as well? I mean, for him to get that goal against Liverpool was just absolutely frustrating because he's been on, like, the biggest drought ever and it kind of pissed me off that he kind of came to some kind of life against us today. You know, I think this pod is all about talking about, you know, the key moments and I think there were some real, real big key moments in this game and I think, John, I'll I'll come to you first again and I think what we've got to do is discuss, um, of course, you know, there was a sending off. um, uh, The Harry Kane situation first, I mean... He puts in a challenge um, on on Andy Robertson and it should have been a red. You know, stood showing, goes in lunging. Um, the referee, um, who had an absolute shocker, by the way, and I think he's going to be talked about quite a fair bit, but he pretty much gets away with that one. Like, it, he doesn't even look at VAR on that. And for me, like, this part is a little bit everywhere. For me, the Andy Robertson thing was a red card. You know, like, I'm not saying it wasn't a red card, but it was the inconsistency of the whole officiating. Like, why yeah. didn't you go to VAR there as well? That's what I think, that's what leaves a bitter taste in my mouth. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, you you know, cards on the table. I think I think Robinson was an idiot to react the way that he did. He he made it easy for the referee to make the decision, so to speak. Um, that was really, really disappointing of him. And it was almost, you know... I th- how many players, you know, get an assist, score a great goal, and then get sent off? 
I can't remember the last one to do it. Um, I've actually, you know, I, I'm not like some of you guys, um, I'm only, you know, watching the, the Nordic uh, commentary channels here. Um, so I, I haven't seen what, what's been said, but I have seen on, on Twitter, there is a quote from Harry Kane <laughs> saying to, to the post-match interview, I thought it was a strong tackle, but I won the ball. Of course he was going to say that. And I've looked at it again and again and again, and I don't see him winning the ball. Yes, it is a strong tackle because he goes in with his studs up. And I, I tried to think, you know, why is it that the referee doesn't give the card or he, 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 why doesn't he give the card against Kane when he does? So I want to know where he is on the pitch. At the time, I think I was just expecting the penalty, you know, the red card to be given. And, I, you know, I lost track of the referee. But I, 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 I really... Even if the ref doesn't see it clearly, he's got to go to the to to VAR. He's got to check that because it's not a clear and obvious. It was not a clear and obvious. Oh, it's it's not a red card, and that's clearly why. Clearly, clear, clear. He goes and checks the the Robert Robertson incident. He needs to 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 see the 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 replay on the side of the pitch to make a decision. He does. He gives the card. I'm sure if he had looked at it. He would have taken, and you know, conspiracy theories theories aside, yes, you know, Harry Kane, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't know. It just made me coming away being very, very, very frustrated. But I do think that the result did not come down to bad refereeing. Yeah, that's part of it. And bad refereeing occurs on a weekly basis, it seems, at the moment. I think we don't get the win because of our own... You know, we were capable of winning that game. Even with the side that we put out there, we had our chances. We were sloppy. Yeah, we were sloppy. And speaking of sloppiness, I mean, you know, we're talking about the refereeing there and, you know, the the decision. I mean, Dave, I'll come to you uh, first. Um, Talk to me about the whole Harry Kane, you know, the inconsistency of using VAR, because I felt like it was... I don't know, on, on an early Christmas break and then he decides to pull it out on Robertson. Uh, it just kind of leaves a real, real bitter taste in your mouth. So talk to me about that then. I've got another point that I'd like to talk. I'd like you to lead the discussion on that. So to be honest, I, I thought when that Kane challenge went in, it had been coming because Spurs were, were being really feisty in the tackles. And again, you've got this whole... It's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, isn't it, this year, where they, they want to keep the game flowing. And then, so they're letting these little niggly fouls just go. And, and then you end up with, you know, some someone flying in and then sometimes they get sent off, sometimes they don't. For me, there's two mistakes. The referee, you know, he sees it how he sees it. And then surely VAR have got the replays and everything. They can see he's flying in. He's got his feet off the ground. He's got his studs up and he makes contact with Robertson. Now, I think the fact that Robertson is jumping up, you know, sort of takes the impact away a little bit. So, you know, he didn't smack into him with real force, but it shouldn't, it doesn't matter. He's coming flying in with his studs up. VAR should be saying, you need to have another look at this. And it seems like with these sort of tackles, you know, if you look at it in slow motion and everything, he might have gone. And I say might have because it's still Harry Kane and he still gets, you know, preferential treatment, I, I think. Um, you know, I, I, again, I'm not one for conspiracy theories either, but 
But with Kane, he, he just always seems to get the uh, the benefit of the doubt. So yeah, I, th- I think clear red for me. Um, and the the first mistake, well, there's a few mistakes in there. So the referee's seen it. Should have been a red straight away. He's given a, a yellow, and then whoever's doing the VAR should have said to him, you know, you might want to have another look at this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like, um, Dave, I'm going to talk to you because we're talking about the ref and that should have been a straight red. And I think I completely agree with you. But you know what really freaked me out? It, I mean, Tyler said it, but then we looked really exposed and Son missed the sitter. There was, they had so many chances this game. Like, and I guess when you look back and you kind of reflect on how they were kind of hitting us on the counter that we were kind of fortunate in a way that we kind of walked away with a point as well. But then at the, on the flip side, I felt like the ref's decisions and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the penalty that we should have had as well. You know, those things that we didn't get, like, it was a really, really strange game, but they had a lot of chances. Mm. Yeah. And again, I, I think with a bit of time and distance away from the match I would probably say okay the the point probably wasn't too bad on the balance of the game so the the referee and decisions are frustrating and again we're going to lose Robbo um is it if it's a straight red is it three games that he's going to be gone for so I guess Simicast will come in so uh, hopefully performance levels won't drop too much but yeah they they were getting in behind us for fun weren't they um but like you say I I, I'm looking at that penalty on, on Jota. Again, the the commentary, they, they seem to just say, no, no, it's it's fine. I, I don't know when putting both of your hands on someone's back and forcing them over, I don't know whether that has ever been okay. You know, if you come in shoulder to shoulder and, and you're stronger than the other person, you, you muscle them off the ball, that is fine. But if you if you literally push someone over from the back... It's it's a, it's a foul and it's a penalty. So, yeah, again, feel a bit aggrieved about that one, to be honest. Yeah, I I know I know what you mean. I know completely what you mean. And John, what what would you like to say? Um, have you got any thoughts about the chances they had as well? I mean, it was kind of heart attack football. And I know Tyler alluded to, you know, when Lovren got substituted, which actually didn't make any sense. And then I started seeing how we were playing. Not how we were playing, but how... We got very, very lucky and, you know, they missed some chances and Alisson's producing some good saves, but they did have a lot of chances on our goal. They did. And I think, you know, I think one player there that will probably come away from it, from Spurs, who will see this as, if you like, a rejuvenation is, is, is Deli Ali. I thought he was excellent. And I mean, I know he should have scored, should have, should have. Um, I, I, you know, I felt that he was in some really good positions. He was, he was making himself really, really difficult to play in the box. And he was someone that I really felt would have been possibly good to get on loan after or even purchase after he sort of fell out with Jose Marino. Because I think he's a great footballer who's had a couple diff- a couple of very difficult years, but he really, really looked on his way back to some of his best this evening. Very, you know, the, the, the most dangerous play was coming through coming through him and song linking up. I really didn't actually feel that Harry Kane, other than other than getting the goal, didn't really contribute that much in attack for Spurs. And I often think that they look stronger without him in the side for for whatever the press says about him. He does seem to be everyone's darling. But no, I was I was impressed with Deli Ali. Um I think the other thing that 
should be said about Spurs as well as threatening us was how good Lloris was. He made some really good saves in the first first half. I think if it wasn't for Lloris, we uh, we would have had two goals in that first half. So I mean, I'd, I I'd, I'd be curious to hear Dave, Dave's take on him too. Yeah, I agree. I think Lloris uh, made a few good saves. There was one from Trent in particular where I thought, again, I'm just expecting the back of the net to bulge, um, but he gets down well with his feet there. So, yeah, I, I think it was just, it was almost like an old school game, wasn't it? I, I think you said, yeah. Nina, about it being a little bit basketball. You don't tend to get those games in the Premier League now. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think I prefer it when it's a bit more controlled by us. And, and we did have more of the possession. But as I said before, as soon as they got hold of it, they were hitting the channels and, and really did look dangerous there. Yeah, I I I completely agree with you. I mean, it was a let off to some degree. And um, again, we're we're a little bit everywhere on this podcast, but um, uh, you know, um, I felt like you know the Jota goal came at the right time, John. I mean, for somebody so little, I mean. He, he he gets a real good header. I mean, a great, great cross by a Trent Alexander-Arnold there. But it was just a breathe of sigh of relief because they had so many chances. And, you know, at that point, we could have been 3-0 down. The fact that he equalises at that moment was just crucial. And it was like, and breathe. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's a real... Is he a poacher? He's part poacher, but he's also a real. Th- I mean, he's a real threat. He's not just a finisher. He really puts himself. Around. He works incredibly hard. I'm just so impressed with him, really, because I felt when he came along, I thought, you know, it was a, a purple patch when he first came into the side. He was obviously now playing with some really world class players around him that he hadn't had at, at Wolves. But he's really week on week in. You know, when the ball comes to in the box, you're you're expecting something to happen. And he's so good with his head too. Um, it's a really, really exciting player to have. I have to say that at the moment, um, I've always been such a big fan of Bobby Firmino. And I think he, Firmino shows when he came, came on what a good player he is. I thought we started to defend better. I thought our link-up play in the midfield, I thought the midfield was better with Firmino on. But I have to say that that Jota's name on the the team sheet is one that makes you think there are goals in in there for us. And of the the attackers today, he was the one that was was the threat. Not just getting the goal, I felt he was also bringing in the other players around him. He was working very very well with Robertson on the left, and uh, you know playing the ball off uh, for Mo as well. Mo Salah, who had a very quiet game, it has to be said. Yeah, they did actually have a really quiet game, which is why I was really shocked when Jota scored that goal. And I thought, you know, Mo Salah certainly had, you know, he's a quieter game than what he's usually used to producing. And um, Dave, I'll come to you with that goal because, my God, him and him and Mane are both quite short. And I love the fact that they both are quite threatening in the air. <laughs> it's, 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 it gives me hope at five foot three. <laughs> so... Uh, actually, Mane had a, a really good chance, didn't he, at the far yeah. post. And I... I... It just missed the goal entirely. So you normally expect more. I think both of them are really good in the air. And Jota does seem to get more than his fair share of headers, doesn't he? And, and you know, he, is, he isn't he is big at all. And also, the whole of that front three, for the size of them, are so bloody strong because Jota doesn't mind leaving his foot in there. And he, he seems really strong on the ball as well. So I really like that. 
but it was a peach of a cross as well from Robertson, wasn't it? You know, right, right in the danger area there. And then, uh, you know, it's good cross and then good header. And so, yeah, I was really happy with that one. Um, obviously, <laughs> I, I think John mentioned there, it's, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it, for Robertson today? Lovely cross for the assist, gets a goal and gets sent off and then has the longest walk across to the other side of the pitch to, to go off. He does, he does. And um, sticking with you, Dave, with controversial moments, a penalty on Jota. I mean, there was a push. There was definitely, like, that was a penalty in my opinion. Uh, talk to me about that controversial thing where VAR was on Christmas holidays again. Yeah, again, I think the referee sees it how he sees it at the time. But I'm I'm scratching my head thinking, well, why aren't VAR just saying, have a look at the monitor? Because this one looks a bit, you know, a bit more suspicious. Again, if he comes in from the side and he, you know, the defender gets his body across or, you know, it's shoulder to shoulder, then I could see that. You know, I could see him waving that on. But he's got his hands on his back and literally pushes him over. I'm I'm looking at the replay on Twitter here, and I I just can't believe it. The fact that you know it's not a stonewall penalty straight away from the ref, and VAR don't call it. So just absolutely shafted by that decision in particular. I think. I was very angry at that. I was absolutely livid with that. And John, how were you with with that um, lack of VAR use again? Um, I felt like that would that chapter had been put to rest last season, and you know we could just move on and move forward. But you know that was that was a penalty, in my opinion, a hundred percent one. Yeah, I, it's it is it's so frustrating, isn't it? With VAR, we were talking about VAR so much last season because it seemed so inept and overused and there were a number of instances in the match that even when Tottenham when Son uh, when when Son got the equalizer I wanted I wanted to have a look on VAR whose hand was slightly ahead of the Liverpool defenders player you know was it or not there because it did look like you know there was half a fingernail in front of the defender and these things don't get looked at and it, this I I think it's the lack of consistency it's almost like you know when you go to the theater or when you maybe went to the theatre, when going to the theatre was loud, it was that kind of, you know, the bad guy is behind you, you know, shout out to the back, you know, get away from the bad guy. It's now, it's almost like something happens and I'm like, get, you know, VAR, get to VAR, get to VAR, VAR's there. It's so unpredictable. And this is why I said, when you asked me how I was, my answer was I was banging my head on the table. It was because of VAR, because I cannot logically think about when it is going to be used. Not used for Harry Kane's foul. Not it is used for 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 Robertson gets his red card. Not used for the tug or for for, for the clattering into Jota. I mean, Spurs could have been arguing for a penalty at some point as well. I just felt it seemed so inconsistent. I don't think it's consistent. You know, it's not. I'm, I'm not coming down to conspiracy theories. I'm getting very animated here, shaking my fist at my monitor. But you know, I. I just want to. I just want to. Need to. Please help me understand. When should VAR be consulted? When should it not be consulted? Because at the moment, unless they get that sorted out, football games are just going to have that additional aspect of 
is the most obvious decision that seems to be ta- should be taken in the match going to be completely obliterated by a VAR being brought in to turn it over and do something weird or not being referred to at all when the most sensible thing in the game would be to look at VAR absolutely it's you know I'm still not I'm not going to walk away from football but this kind of thing ruins matches for me yeah yeah either use it properly either use it properly or if you're going to behave like that then just obliterate it I'm, I'm getting really really sick and tired of it now i can just deal with the human error and just deal with that but when you pick and choose when you want to use it you know just absolutely ridiculous dave i'm gonna come back go on dave so what what i don't get about the robertson thing and i agree with john like unfortunately it was he did clatter into the man so mm-hmm. you know he gave the referee a decision to make but they keep trotting out this line that you know it has to be a a clear and obvious error for VAR to intervene but the referee booked Robertson there he saw it he was right there and and I just don't get so he saw it and then when he has all the different angles and he slows it right down then he decides he's going to send him off I just yeah very frustrating (laughs) <laughs> that you know it, it's this nonsense and and again it's all just subjectivity isn't it uh, you know he's it's, it's got to make a clear and obvious error but now nah, it's it's just bollocks and, and, and again sorry to sound like a broken record but i do genuinely feel like we have been shafted today it does feel like that it very much feels like that and i think everyone listening feels like that as well i mean it's just absolutely crap, isn't it? Um, absolutely yep. crap. Absolutely crap. But, g- guys, um, let's just keep talking. Um, <laughs> we might as well. Um, what I found, though, um, John, was after we, we got the equaliser, certainly for the last 20 minutes of, of the first half, where I felt like it was a bit everywhere, I felt like we started having a bit more control of the game. I felt like we were the ball was definitely more in their half. You know, we certainly had more... What was baffling was when it was 1-0 was we had more chances, we had more on target, but obviously they were just a bit more threatening. Obviously, they got the goal. But certainly in the last 20 minutes, I felt like there was a bit more composure to us. I felt like, you know, we were we were sort of um, attacking with a bit more intent. I felt like, you know, we looked less um, vulnerable, maybe on the counter. It looked like a good passage of play for us. Yeah, I think so. I think so. We had the 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 percentage, the stats showed us having more control of the ball. We had more possession. I think we had sort of sixty eight percent around at that at that point. And maybe the defence, maybe Joel wasn't going up the the pitch as much as before. I certainly think we held on to the ball more when Firmino was there. He was linking up. He was sort of moving from the left into the the centre. Um, and so I, you know, we were, we were pushing it around. I also think, I think Spurs began to tire as well, but, but I have to say, and you know, I would, sounds so pompous, doesn't it? I, I would commend them. No, but I would say well done for Spurs for, for staying and remaining active, fit, really fit for fight, as it were, in the game, because I really expected our, prowess and physical you know we're we're supposed to be one of the fittest clubs in the league and I think we are often 
teams that try and outplay us, outpress us, outrun us, soon discover when they get to about 70 minutes that, you know, Liverpool are like those batteries can keep going and going and going. But I have to say that I thought Spurs really you know they they kept their foot on the pedal you know their foot on the pedal and 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 it was us that was beginning to tire a bit um you know milner's not the the youngest of uh, players these days and his mobility isn't what it was kaita after he took a i mean he got that you know he he got he got clattered didn't he was it the start of the second half of the end of the first half he he got a bit of a clatter and aside from the bit when he got whacked in the head later on and then got booked for complaining so i felt that um nah yeah we 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 had the ball we we had more we had more more um control of what was going but we really in the final third just didn't create we didn't create anything that was really dangerous they were very good at, at shuffling mo salah out to the right i think this was one of the best um performances against Salah for a few weeks yeah it was um they they did pretty well on him to to say the least and um what about you Dave I mean talk to me about you know towards the end of the half I I was feeling quite confident at that point I was like I can't wait for the second half we're playing pretty decent oh in all this in all this um uh, nonsense as well um Jurgen Klopp got booked as well and did a little curtsy to the referee <laughs> lots of crazy shit happened in this one <laughs> yeah I'm not sure what what was going on with Klopp there he, he was quite animated wasn't he through that whole first half he, he wasn't he wasn't his usual self I didn't feel I, I felt like he was really quite angry but again, I, I'm not sure if it was maybe something that we were doing, the fact that they were getting in behind us, whether it was the fact that you could see Spurs being a bit over the top, I felt, with some of the challenges. You know, they, not not too many other ones that are as obvious as Kane, but, you know, just leaving the foot in. They did seem to have quite a few bookings, you know, and then they share them out a little bit as well. So... But when when we got the equaliser, to be honest, I felt fairly confident. I, I felt like Spurs had to basically kill us off in that first half. Like I say, they they've got their tactics. They've had two weeks. It's very rare that you you get a whole two weeks to focus on your tactics to set up against one particular team. And you know, I thought we could have been two or three down, but when it you know went to one one. I just thought it was a matter of time before we went ahead. And and turns out it was, but just not for that long. <laughs> yeah. And uh sticking sticking with the uh, random things that happened. I mean, John, uh we 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 go ahead. I mean Andy Robertson, he had he had quite a game, an assist, a goal, and then obviously the the, the sending off. Um, uh, he was pretty much involved in everything. But again, the build up to that, it did kind of hit Morsalar's arm. But it was just such a relief seeing you know Robbo score. I mean anything Trent can do. I mean Trent was um an absolute thunderbolt. Uh, uh, you know over. Over against Newcastle midweek, but this one, my gosh, you know Andy Robertson actually hitting the target. So, um, you know, we go ahead, we're like, and breathe. It's looking good again. It felt like the old Liverpool. Uh, talk to me about that because I think some of the players were a little bit conservative with their celebrations till the referee confirmed it that it was a goal, and then I saw Sadio Mane do a little fist pump. 
Yeah, it was almost like that part in the game when the luck went with us. I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if it had been overturned, to be honest. <laughs> but this is what I was saying. Oh, I'm so frustrated with VAR because, you know, you expect that something like that to step in and go, no, 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 it was a very minutely questionable decision. Let's turn it over. Nah, I don't know. I think... I think what what I want to talk about, Nina, is I want to talk about how Jurgen Klopp was completely losing it on the side because of the way that Robertson had been fouled, the way that um, the game seemed to be being pulled all over the place, the quality of the decisions were, were really, really up and down. And I think this was just another example of them. I don't know if you... I don't know uh, if you guys on your, the coverage that you were watching, I don't know if you saw at halftime uh, Klopp remonstrating with the uh, the official in the tunnel before they came back out. He's literally, I mean, the, the camera's picking him up and he's really remonstrating down in the tunnel before. They, he's, he's, he's really, it's so unusual for Klopp to, um, to lose it like that with the officials. And I think... It sort of spills over into the players themselves. I thought Robertson was a little bit reckless. I think, you know, get once getting their 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 head, their noses ahead in the game, we don't close things down. We don't take. It's a really important ten minutes of the game after we go ahead, and I don't. And I think we really invited Spurs back onto us. They almost equalised really, really quickly, didn't they? It just um, weren't they just just offside when when they, when they got through for a chance. So, um, sorry to hijack your question slightly, Nina, but I think for me it was like, uh, it was just another crazy decision. The yeah. manager, go, the managers on the sideline going crazy. The players seem, you know, it called for calm heads. And I don't have one after that match. And I don't think the team had calm heads today. Oh, and neither did the ref as well. I mean, I, at one point I said he's completely lost the the game here you know when the ref loses his head and that but really didn't have control of it to begin with it really was I think there was just so much emotion I think uh, you know fair play to the Spurs fans as well they were loud you know they were trying to get on the referee's back you know they created some kind of hostile atmosphere I could also hear the traveling cop as well you know it was all pretty much fiery all, all round and um I mean, I think we've spoke about Robbo's goal there. So let's move on to um, the the next um, uh, talking point, which is, um, of course, um, Robbo getting sent off. And uh, Dave, I'm gonna, sorry, was it the Robbo sending off? Um, uh, it was uh, the equaliser. Alisson had a really, really good game uh, in, in a sense that produced some saves that kept us in it, despite looking a little rattled and not less than his usual perfect self. Um, talk to me about that because literally when he kind of messed it up and Son gets in and scores and he just like he sighs like you know like oh god I can't believe that's happened Um, but (laughs) kind of suits the narrative considering how that how that evening against Spurs was going yeah again if we just if we hadn't conceded in that particular at that time I, I think we'd have seen the game out and I mean Allison looks favorite for that ball all the way and I don't actually know why he slid I don't know why he's gone to ground and and then you know don't quite know what's happened with the ball there but it's probably one of the easiest goals Son will ever score 
And then you're kind of waiting, oh, is he going to be offside? No, I, I do think it was a fantastic ball in behind again. And Son is that quick. He is a real good player, isn't he? Always gives us, I think he gives us more problems generally than Kane does. And yeah, but I'm afraid you've got to put it down as just a a goalkeeping mistake. You know, his favourite all the way. Uh, he doesn't make the ball and Son just rolls it in. So yeah, gutting. Can I can I ask you guys how much do you think to go back to my my point about Klopp losing it? How much do you think when when you see the manager really? I mean, because he he was so animated, he was really really you know upset by the decisions today. Mm-hmm. How much of that spills on into the players? You know, you got your manager who is. Yeah, I mean, they're used to him obviously losing it to a certain extent. But I think for me, this is the first time. I mean, he gets a booking, doesn't it? It's the first time this season he's really gone ballistic. And it almost seems to be that, you know, Allison's lost his head. Um, Robertson's lost his head. That, that there isn't the same level of coolness. And, and you know, is, is this infectious from Klopp? That's, that's what I'm asking. I'd say so. Um, you know, and I, I used the exact same argument uh, a couple of seasons ago with Guardiola. You know, Guardiola seemed to just lose it, didn't he? Uh, there was a game against us. Exactly. I, I love to go back and watch, you know, where Trent has a few, he has a couple of debatable handballs. Uh, and, you know, Guardiola's looking up to the skies going twice. And Arteta um, the other week. Yeah. And and so I do think it, it it it's the leadership ultimately, isn't it? And it does spread down to the players. So I don't I don't know if I draw a straight line um, to the decisions made on the pitch, but it's a fair shout because Klopp never really got over that first half. I don't think he was still angry all the way through the second half as well. And normally he kind of chills out a little bit after he's uh, had a bit of a moan there, but. Yeah, I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was Klopp's best day, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. It was a, it was a little bit everywhere. I mean, guys, I think we spoke about the Robbo incident as well. I mean, is there anything you want to get off your chest? Maybe some shout out for some players. I don't know. I just feel like we're all a bit pissed off, and I think both of our callers hit the nail on the head. I mean, just. John, I'll come to you. Is there anything that you feel like needs to be said or voiced? No, I think um, I think the big thing for me was the the, the Klopp point, and I think you know Dave was was right there to bring in the reference to Guardiola and, and Arteta the other week. I think the the thing, the positives that I want to take from it, and I think that's that's you know, let's as as you start to wind it up. Let's focus on the positives. The positives are Kanate is a really, really good defender and we are so lucky to have him. I think we've been so lucky that Matip has, has been back to fitness and he's really come on. He's, he's forward play, his vertical balls, his passing. And, and like Dave, I really thought for one moment there he was going to bam it into the top corner. And I'm, you know, I hope this is the season when Joel Matip scores. A, a really special goal that really means something. So, I mean, for me, they, they, they were the, the things that we should going away from the game. Oh, and of course that Morton's got through, you know, he's got his first Premier League start in a really, really tough game. So, I mean, there are, there are positives. We, uh, you know, we pick ourselves up. We, we go again. And I, are the, are the guys, is the side, the fan base is obviously going to lose their, um, you know, heads over this. 
because Man City are what three points ahead of us now. But really, are the side going to really go away and feel that they've lost something tonight with only three points behind City? I think they'll they'll say we'll take the draw. We had a tough score, so uh, that I think that's that that's for me where I I kind of came away from anyway. Yeah, and what about you, Dave? Anything you want to get off your chest? Because I'm actually feeling a little bit better already, which I thought I wouldn't be. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. You guys. It, it was around this time last year, wasn't it, where we went on that horrid run and, and uh, you, I and Sam generally would be uh, having our group therapy and I'd always feel a bit better by the end of the call. But um, I, I noticed Robbo seemed to have a good old shiner you know it looked like he'd taken a a bit of a whack when he was you could see him close up so i I didn't see where that happened earlier on um but yeah i I think there are positives to take from the game i thought Mane looked really dangerous as well um morton you know in the first half he played a really super ball through for for mo and it was just he couldn't quite bring it under control but i thought it's superb vision to pick him out there so you know he gets a few minutes gets his first premier league start i, I do think he will be a, a great player and uh canate i just think he he looks like a colossus at the back there i thought for me he was probably our man of the match and um yeah i, th- I think if i was gomez i, I would be wondering uh maybe about moving on because you know i don't see I don't see how he gets into the side at the minute. And obviously he got a few minutes at the end there. But, um, you know, if everyone's fit, uh, I can't see Joe Gomez playing that much. Yeah, I think you're right, guys. Guys, um, I think um, uh, we have come to the end of the pod. Um, uh, Thank you so much for our callers. a massive, massive thank you to our callers. A massive thank you to both Dave and John. Before I let them go, any plugs? John, I'll come to you. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, they can find me at John Buskell on Twitter or on Instagram if you want to go and see some of my photographs. They are wonderful photographs. They are the best. Thank you. They are. So do check out John Buskell. And Dave, where can people find you and what you're working on? And I know you're a busy guy, so go for it. So I'll mention a couple of things. So on Comics in Motion, we've got our Spider-Man No Way Home review coming out. So hashtag no spoilers uh, for anyone who's not seen it. But in that show, we do obviously spoil everything. Um, But I will spoil something. It's bloody brilliant. Uh, The other Christmas movie we're doing across on the VHS Strikes Back is Die Hard 2. (laughs) Oh. uh, I'll be honest, doesn't quite hold up to the original but it's still still a good bit of John McLean. Absolutely, absolutely. And guys, that is the end of this podcast. And um, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Hopefully we get some more awesome, awesome results. Um, just a, a blip, a glitch in the matrix. Yeah, I went there because uh, it's out this week. Can't wait. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Till next time, up the Reds. Enjoying this podcast? then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, 
to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Mulby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists, we'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms, with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. Sports Social Podcast Network.